happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, friends. I am Robert Evans, and this is Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. Now, normally, this podcast features me and a guest who's coming in cold talking about a horrific person in history, and generally, I pick dictators or people who have abused power in some very large-scale way. That's sort of our milieu. We don't really talk about serial killers, usually, but today we are talking about a serial killer named Albert Fish, who was a cannibalistic child murderer who loved lighting his own ass on fire. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we're doing this for two reasons. The first is that my guest today, Maggie Mae Fish, is a... Yeah. Is a relative, yeah, of said person. <laughs> so let's start there. What's, yeah. What is the relation? Okay, so I contacted my uncle Terry, who did our uh, who did our uh, family tree, mm-hmm. and so I have a bunch of names here. Uh, but basically, uh, I'm related via his brother became our like direct family line. Okay, so Albert Fish's brother. Uh, ended up moving to Michigan, which is where the rest of that line ended up and where I was born. Exciting. <laughs> I know. Okay. Very so exciting. Before we get any further, Maggie, you're, mm-hmm. you're not just a dead guy's relation. You are a wonderfully no, skilled I am. comedian. <laughs> no, I am just this dead guy's, uh, gee, I mean, I'll never get out of his shadow. Robert, what are you, what are you look, talking at, about? look at what he's done. I will never beat him on that. No, that's you have, for one thing, a wonderful YouTube video series where Thank you, you, my favorite one is dissecting sort of the works of uh, Tim Burton. Oh, that yeah, fucking guy. that yeah, fucking I guy. I really like your video on Tim Burton. Thank you. Um, you're a talented comedian, talented writer. Uh, you. you and I worked for the same site for a while, although mm-hmm. our duties didn't generally intersect. Yeah, I think um, we met afterwards. Yeah, I don't think I met yeah. you while you were, because they didn't let me into the videos. No, no, no. No, no for good reason, for good reason. <laughs> reason no one's saying they were wrong in that 
Um, so yeah, basically the weird thing about today is that neither of us is coming in hot or cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you know, and you don't know what I know, so Ooh. we're just gonna... We're just gonna find out. Yeah, we're gonna make <laughs> Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups of knowledge, mm. where it's like, like a knowledge truck, and then another knowledge truck backs into it. And they collide. It. Exactly. Yeah. And the driver's have to crowdfund their medical care because it's twenty. Yeah, but then they become friends and then yeah. the one like falls in love with that guy's sister and then like they're all over queer Aww. eye, you know? You just, you just pitched a really upbeat movie I about know. our failed medical system. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about a serial killer now. Great. Um, so uh, I, I guess I'm going to, my research for this was mainly, I read a book called Deranged by Harold mm. Schechter. Have you have you given that one a read? Uh, I've not given it, although it has been recommended to me several yeah. times. <laughs> if, if you're, it's good. If you're, yeah. if you're a fan of the books about serial killers genre, it's a very solid entry mm-hmm. into that. I also watched a documentary called Albert Fish about Albert Fish that's terrible. Ooh, I have I watched that on <laughs> We're yes. We're going to get into that in a little bit because we've got right. a couple of video clips from that that I just, I got to... <laughs> just trying to light on, if you will. Very excited for this episode. Um, all right, so let's talk uh, about Albert Fish's crimes. Yes. Uh, the ones that we know about. That we know of. Here's where I'm confused, and maybe okay. you can shine a light, is I know like what he did, but I also know the rumors, and I don't know which is like factually happened and which is like oh man what if albert fish also yeah yeah <laughs> so. and I, I i i tried to stick mostly to stuff that we know because yeah. we know there's three children that we know he killed yes um but he claimed to have killed a bunch of other people after he was caught right but he also had as we'll get into a very rich fantasy life very rich t- which seems like and also like uh you know he's not the only serial killer to have like made yeah. up deaths yeah um so. so some of this is going to be up to the readers to decide, but hopefully you and I can lock down what mm-hmm. will forever now be the ironclad history of this Albert is Fish. It. This yeah. is it. Um, all right. So on July 14th, 1924, uh, eight-year-old Francis McDonald was playing on the front stoop of his porch in Staten Island, which was at that time like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it was still... There were like trees and shit. Trees and shit. What's the the rolly tumble weed? Walls. Yes, walls. There were walls. Mm-hmm. Walls and trees. Uh, so while his mother was watching him, she saw a strange old man with a gray mustache creeping down the street in exactly the sort of way normal people don't. If it had been 2018, she probably would have taken her kid inside and called the cops, or yes. at least taken him inside. But it was 1924, and she was just like, oh, what a weirdo. And then and he was white, so I'm yeah, sure it was, was like, white. well, yeah. he's white. Not a brown <laughs> What's man. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's the twenties. <laughs> yeah. So Francis uh, left after his mom went inside to play uh, with his brother and some neighbor kids. Uh, they were playing some sort of ball game, probably something old timey like stickball or yeah. Or do you have a ball? Or do you I've have heard a that's ball. a game from back then? Polio ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Nineteen twenty sports. But at some point, that weird gray man started watching them, and Francis ran over to see what he wanted because again, twenties. Right. Uh, while his friends and brother were focused on the game, uh, Francis and the man both disappeared. Now, once people realized Francis was missing, search parties were formed. A trio of Boy Scouts found uh, Francis's body. Uh, wow. The newspapers described, yeah, bad time for the yeah, Boy Scouts. Yeah, I was just, woof. Yep. What a troop. <laughs> what, a, what a troop. Yeah, they're having some dark campouts after that. <laughs> just these kids sitting around the fire taking drags of yeah. cigarettes and just staring. Uh, we've seen worse than death. <laughs> 
Um, the newspapers described Francis as having been, quote, atrociously assaulted. Uh, all of the clothing below his waist had been torn off. Uh, he'd been strangled to death with his suspenders, and it looked like he'd been cut up, too. Yeah. Um, which... So sorry, retroactively. <laughs> I mean... Not that I have any control over an ancestor, yeah, but, you yeah. know. None of us are responsible for what terrible people in our past yeah. did. Like, when you think about it, everybody's got a serial killer relative. I hope. You, if you go back far enough... Yeah. Go find them, yeah. guys. Go That's find what him. you do after this episode. Go yeah. find your serial killer. Go find relative. your mass murder. And spoiler yeah. alert, my relative who killed people is going to wind up having a cameo in the story. <gasps> so this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. This is a massive crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, on February 11th, 1927, uh, four year old Billy Gaffney was playing with a three year old friend and his 12 year old brother. Uh, the 12 year old walked off because 12 year olds aren't really good at babysitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two little kids wound up on the roof because, again, there were no rules in the 1920s right. and the kids could just go anywhere. Uh, Billy's three year old friend was later found safe on the roof. And when the adult who found him asked, where Billy had gone, he said, quote, the boogeyman took him. (laughs) (laughs) You are a descendant of the boogeyman. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, The scariest thing is that uh, the photo of Albert Fish on the Wikipedia website looks so much like my current relatives. Uh, Just his piercing eyes, like they run in our family. So it's terrifying (laughs) to look at him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you look like Albert Fish. Thank you. But... Y'all do have mm. piercing eyes. Yes. I was going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of these abductions caused sensations when they happened, right? Uh, it was not common for kids to be abducted in the mm-hmm. 20s. It was common for kids to die for no reason because right. it was the 20s and medicine was whiskey. Yeah. Um, but like this sort of thing was not mm-hmm. common. And so it, it caused kind of a sensation. And local papers covered the cases breathlessly and even got some national coverage. And if you're feeling bad about the state of journalism right now, which oh. who isn't? Uh, Give me something to look forward to. <laughs> this, this, my day. <laughs> this will make you feel better because it turns out it's always kind of in garbage. Here's how the New York Daily News wrote about Billy's disappearance. Oh. <clears throat> Somewhere in New York or nearby is little Billy Gaffney or his body. An army of detectives, 350 strong, is hunting that somewhere. Watch for the results of that search in tomorrow's NEWS! All caps. Hoping against hope, police continue their search for the missing Billy Gaffney. Follow the trail in tomorrow's All caps. NEWS! Will the seventh day bring joy or sorrow to the parents of little Billy? Read all the developments of the hunt in tomorrow's All caps. NEWS! Whoa. That's some journalism. That was an advertisement for the NEWS! (laughs) Coupled around a tragic story <laughs> of a disappearing boy. Little boy's getting murdered. Time to sell some papers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you've paid attention to the last any length of time, really, in American culture, you mm-hmm. may have picked up on the fact that we are a high-strung bunch as a country. Ooh, we are. <laughs> that was such a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Americans in the 1920s did not take the realization that kidnapping existed uh, any more gracefully than Americans today take scary news reports about MS-13. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Harold Schechter's Deranged, in the immediate aftermath of Billy's abduction, over the course of a single week, three separate angry mobs assaulted different suspected boogeymen. 
Oh, boy. (laughs) To be that other man (laughs) and just to be targeted because uh, everyone looked weird back then also, I'm assuming. So there's no way to fix any of it Well, no. And you see anybody walking around in 20s clothing today and you're like, that's a pedophile. Yeah, that is a a pedophile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's just how they dress. Yeah. They just dress like The bowler hat just is so suspicious. You can get arrested for just a bowler hat today. Oh, my God. And should. You should. Yeah. It's not okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, here's a quote from Deranged uh, about the first guy to be cornered by an angry mob Aww. because of Albert Fish's crust. <laughs> <laughs> a 63-year-old salesman named Giles Steele was- which Giles! <laughs> oh, <laughs> this precious poor man. <laughs> Giles Steele was strolling down East 92nd Street when a four-year-old boy- He was strolling! That's the only- Happy to be alive! It's the only way people could walk in the 20s. I, I guess. <laughs> you were either strolling or you had polio and could not walk. Yeah. And then you were rolling. Yeah. Because you, oof. oof. Uh, so he was strolling down East 92nd Street when a four-year-old boy stepped into his path. Uh, he told the kid to move aside and reached down and took the kid by the shoulder. And at that point, the kid's mother, Miss Sadie Bernstein, came out and saw him with his hand mm. on the kid's shoulder and she just starts screaming. Oof. And so a crowd, quote, a crowd of neighbors immediately descended on steel and began pummeling him. <gasps> oh! <laughs> they just start, it's not even a restrain him for the cops, just beat the shit yeah. out of him. <laughs> <laughs> So Steele was saved by a cop who took him to the station. He was questioned, and it became obvious that he mm. had nothing to do with anything illegal. Uh, Miss Bernstein eventually agreed that she had overreacted. Steele was still arraigned on a kidnapping charge because oh, <laughs> the cops just thought he seemed shady. <laughs> oh, poor Giles. I know we, I know you must talk about a lot about like wrongly convicted people, probably, on this podcast. It comes up a lot, but I always feel terrible. I mean, usually because dictators are just having people executed yeah, for crimes yeah. they didn't commit. But yeah, this... Yeah. The, now, the weird thing is the other two cases uh, of people getting mobbed mm-hmm. were dudes with prior convictions for, quote, impairing the morals of minors. Oh. Uh, and they were caught trying to trick young people into dark alleyways, probably to molest them. Probably. So it seems oh, like okay. So it was a movement, and it was okay. Two thirds of the time, <laughs> yeah. the mobs were right. Right. Which right. is a really pretty good pretty for mobs. Good. Yeah. You see, Boy Scouts go out, and one out of one, they find a dead body, <laughs> find, and then mobs are two out of three. <laughs> yeah. One thing I learned in Indiana Jones is mm. if you're a Boy Scout in the 20s, you're finding some dead people, <laughs> and you're probably going to wind up having a fight on top of a train. Oh yeah, yeah. those are the two things. That I yeah, would assume. the two things that 20s Boy Scouts for sure do. Yeah. So yeah, the mobs, mobs in the mm-hmm. streets, people freaking out. So up until May of 1928, these were just two scary, isolated, unsolved crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one with no body and both without a clear villain, right? So people right. get sort of riled up both times these kids get abducted, but mm-hmm. then it sort of fades, kind of like a shooting does. Only yeah. these are less common at this point. Even yes, than, true. Uh, this all changes on May 25th, 1928, uh, because Albert Fish saw an ad in the Situations Wanted section of a local newspaper that said, Young man, 18, wishes position in country. Edward Budd, 406 West 15th Street. Uh, now, at this point, the classified section was basically the equivalent of like Craigslist today. Mm-hmm. The main difference is that today, everyone is so aware of the danger of creepy people that like, if you're by a couch on Craigslist, you joke like, all right, I'll be back in an hour unless I get murdered. Right. Yes. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> unless a guy eats me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's that one case where that girl did go on a date yeah. and she didn't come back. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. There's an expectation yes. that danger can happen in this. It did not exist then. So an 18-year-old boy would just be like, I want to work in the country yeah. and put out an ad and... 
Two days later, the doorbell rang at Edward Budd's house. His mother opened it and saw a small elderly man in a suit. Uh, they were very poor, very, very poor family. His, mm-hmm. his suit was not particularly nice, but the fact that he was wearing a suit meant that he was above them right. on like the class rung. So they were very impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was polite and genteel and like uh, kissed her hand, which she was super wow. impressed by. He does all of like the upper class seeming mm-hmm. stuff. And he claimed to be a former interior decorator who had made a bunch of money and oh then started a farm upstate. I like interior decorating. Do you like Do you... starting farms? Oh, I could. Well, I like farm video games. I don't know where I'm going with this because this is this is just a lie he used to abduct a child. Uh, oh, I know, but I'm thinking, <laughs> hmm, if that's what he wanted. What's in my jeans is basically what I'm trying to suss out. <laughs> well, he didn't work as an interior decorator. No, 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 but, but it might it have seems been a passion. Maybe he wanted to. Yeah. Well, maybe you can exercise that part of the fish genes uh, and, not and not everything we're about to one. talk about today. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Yeah. Um, so part of his lie was that his he'd moved out to mm-hmm. start a farm with his wife and kids, and she'd abandon him because she was terrible, and he mm-hmm. had to raise his kids alone, but they were doing great. and But now his kids were out of the house, and he needed some help. So That's a good story. He was willing to hire 18-year-old Edward Budd. Now, he called himself Frank Howard, too. Ah, yes. So have you mm-hmm. ever found yourself wanting to go by the name Frank Howard? Uh... Only if I thought it would be better for my job like applications. <laughs> That's a solid job application That's a, name. Oof. That sounds like a banker. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Fish's actual plan was to murder, eat, and probably molest Edward. Yes. Uh, In that order? Prob- n- probably mm-hmm. not. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard, kinda hard to say. I, he, I feel like he kind of had a dead body thing. I think he sort of yeah. did, although he claims he never fucked the dead people. Uh, mm. Which it's hard mm. to say. Hard to say. Yeah. At that point, the psycho, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into the things that he yeah. masturbated about. <laughs> Spoiler: There's a lot of masturbation in this episode. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Edward, the the kid that he was gonna hire, mm-hmm. is super excited. This guy's gonna pay him like 15 bucks a week, which is yeah. a really good wages back then. And he's like, "Hey, I've got a friend who also wants work on a farm. Do you have? Do you need any additional work?" Mm-hmm. And I think this at this point, Albert Fish is just not that great at lying in the moment, and so he says yes, but he doesn't but he really didn't want it. Yeah, no, because number one, this kid's already kind of big. Like, big enough that Albert's worried, like, I might not be able to overpower him because I'm, right. like, or fucking Right, or eat 60. all of him. And yeah. I don't want to get rid of some of the – I want to eat all of it, you know? Okay. Because he's very resourceful. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, like, retroactively, like, placing, like, good qualities on a murderer. No, he, he wants to use every part every of the boy part, he murders. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. – he is kind of a recycling guy. Um, so Albert Fish says, like, yes, uh, but I think it's a panic thing. And mm-hmm. he immediately comes up with an excuse to delay and says that, like, he, he's not quite ready to leave yet, but he'll be back right. the next day. And then the next day, instead of coming back, he sends a telegram and says, I'll be there the next day. Mm-hmm. When he does finally show back up, he brings uh, pot cheese, which is what you'll find in every write-up of this that he brought. I didn't know what pot, pot cheese, cheese was. It's cottage cheese that people would bring to potlucks and pots. I don't know what? why. It just—it seems like a weird old-timey cheese. Wow, jeez. So, if you read about Albert Fish, you're going to come across the phrase "pot cheese" huh. a lot. 
and I didn't know what it was. I guess I have a new password for all of my devices. <laughs> there you go. Hot cheese. So he, he brings like some cheese and claims that he it came from his farm, and uh, they have like a lunch, and he, everybody's very impressed with this guy. Uh, he winds up like playing with their young daughter, Grace, and after the meal, he tells the boys he can't take them until later that evening, but he pulls out a big wad of cash, which is like mm. 90 bucks then, which is wow. a lot of money to these people. Yeah. And he gives a couple of dollars to uh, Edward and his friend, and is like, go see a movie with your buddy or whatever I'll be back tonight mm. and then kind of as like an afterthought I was like you know I'm heading out to this birthday party my sister is throwing maybe your daughter Grace wants to come with me <gasps> is afterthoughts in quotes <laughs> I think he he kind of brought it up at the end of things right and they say yes because there's this old man very mm. classic very genteel he's helping out the family so he takes Grace, uh, and obviously you feel bad for the parents because, like, the dad, the dad is the one who makes the final call, and yeah. he's, Grace is a sickly kid; she's ill a lot, and he's like, she never gets to have any fun. Yeah. Let her go have some fun, which oh. it doesn't end well for Grace uh, or the buds. Mm. They they get really pretty fucked over in mm-hmm. this. Um, so he gives them an address of where he's going to be, which they later find out is fake, and then mm-hmm. he disappears, and Grace never comes back. They never see Frank Howard again. Uh, on Tuesday, June 5th, the New York Times reports on Grace's abduction with the classy headline, Hunt Man and Child He Took to Party. That is classy. <laughs> yeah, it a... ends on party, so I'm kind of like excited at the end, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, a party. A party. <laughs> a party. Yeah. Oh, and you kind of forget. <laughs> Hunt Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually not a bad, if I was going to start a superhero, Hunt Man and Child, Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah, Hunt Man and, <laughs> and Child. I immediately know what that's about. <laughs> no questions asked. Um, yeah, so uh, Depraved says, the, the book that I read for this says that uh, the story unspooled in the tabloids in kind of the same way that the Gaffney abduction had. So there, first off, mm-hmm. there's a shitload of false leads. People start just sending lies into the right. family. And we'll get into that in a little bit. A lot of sketchy witnesses. Mm-hmm. And then there's just this big surge in anxiety over kidnappings for the people of New York. Um, the tabloids make as much of this as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same. It's Follow big. the search It's a Nancy for... Grace kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And every the, the, these newspapers are all giving daily updates and like, follow this the search tomorrow and the daily news and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and we'll have a list of all of our sources on uh, the website, BehindTheBastards.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get to what happens afterwards and kind of how uh, Albert Fish's crimes sort of started the idea of stranger danger. Like, yeah. we're, we're influential in that concept we were all raised with and to fear. Right. Um, and how he sort of had an impact on that. And uh, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. But first, mm-hmm. you know what goes great with discussions of the terrible things that serial killers do is products and services. <gasps> I love it. You love products and services? I do. I use them all the time. Pull out all your cards and throw them into the air and buy a product now. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you 
to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. And we are talking about Albert Fish, the mm. ancestor to my guest today, Maggie mm-hmm. Mayfish. <laughs> uh, and, and listeners, just, just as a heads up, uh, M- Maggie's one of the nicer people that I have met in the city of Los Angeles. She's not a murderer, as far as I'm aware. I mean, there's no trail. <laughs> there's no trail. We've learned. You are wearing a red shirt. <laughs> I am. I thought blood. Yeah. And then I put on the shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um... <laughs> So, although I think that before everything I wear, yeah, so blood, 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 blood. blood that's just blood. what's going on in my head, like a cat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a little dog. Um, okay, so uh, years go by after the Grace Bud kidnapping, mm. which is what we had just talked about in the end, and the case, like the other two, gradually starts to fade from memory. Mm-hmm. But kidnapping did not fade. Uh, the disappearances of these three children had helped to spark a new crime epidemic in American history: the kidnapping craze. And I spelled mm. craze with a K in that sentence. <gasps> Thank you. I know. Thank you. I knew you'd appreciate that. Yeah. The kidnapping craze had come. Uh, Here's a quote from Harold Schechter's Deranged. In 1932 alone, there were 282 reported kidnappings in 28 states, and all but 65 of the perpetrators had gotten away scot-free with their crimes. By the summer of 1933, kidnappings were occurring so frequently that newsreaders required a scorecard to keep track of them all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, So that's where we are. That's where we are. And I feel like Albert Fish was is so crazy that maybe just no one had really been like, oh, I could 
I could just take I could people. Just take people. You could just take people. What? This is great. <laughs> it was probably the guy who committed the first cyber crime. Yeah. It was probably the same rush of what have I opened? <laughs> I'd love to see just a movie about the man who invented mugging, just like this poor guy on the street seeing people pull money out of their pockets and like looking at a knife in his hand and looking at a rich guy and a knife in her and then just like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> blood, 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 blood. He doesn't want to get stabbed and he has money. There's a connection yeah. between these things. I can figure this out. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, most of the kidnappers, unlike Albert Fish, which which, again, we'll get to in a while. Mm. We're not doing it for sex or murder. They mm-hmm. just wanted money, you know? Um, it became very clear that it was hard for cops to catch kidnappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it became clear that that was the case, intelligent criminals realized that kidnapping was very safe and very profitable. Mm. Uh, in June of 1932, the New York Times reported on more than a dozen kidnapping cases. And one of them, Maggie, was actually committed by my ancestor, <gasps> Charles Pretty Boy Floyd. No! Yeah! <laughs> I, when I saw that in Buzz the book, I was like, how? in the mix. Wow. So Pretty Boy Floyd was a gangster. He uh-huh. was, he's generally considered to be the last of the big gangsters to die. Like oh, his, his death so is was the- cool. No. Well, <laughs> he gets shot in a field, but yeah. That's cool. That is cool. That's it's a great place cool. to get shot. So Donald Trump and I, our current president, have two things mm-hmm. in common. One of them is a literary agent, which is weird. That is yeah, weird. We, but, and the other is that mm-hmm. Woody Guthrie wrote songs about both of our ancestors. Uh, he wrote a song about Donald Trump's dad because Donald Trump's dad denied tendency to black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he wrote a song about Pretty Boy Floyd, my ancestor, because hey. my ancestor beat a cop to death with a log chain. Oh, hey! Yeah. Wow! So, uh, yeah, uh. In, in that year, uh, 32, Pretty Boy Floyd tried mm-hmm. to kidnap a an actress from Malibu uh, and oh. ransom her. Uh, she was to be kidnapped and flown to Mexico, but the police found out about it and like ringed the street with cops at the last minute, and Floyd somehow learned of the trap and never appeared. And that's cool. the end of this digression, but I had to bring it up. Wow, that was great. So, yeah. Everybody's got murderous ancestors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the kidnapping wave grew and grew in the 30s until it reached its apex with the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby in 1932. Uh, Charles Lindbergh was an aviator, first man across the Atlantic, national hero, potential presidential candidate, and anti-Semitic fascist yes. sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife, Anne Lindbergh, was an acclaimed author and also probably Probably. Racist. They probably talked about it probably in racist. their alone time. Yeah, yeah. I, I would guess. Yeah. Um, their baby, Charles Jr., was 20 months old and... And a baby. And maybe would have grown up to be a racist. Yeah, I but at know, the time was just a baby. Yeah, at the was, time was a baby. At the time was a baby. Okay. And he was kidnapped on mm-hmm. March 1st, 1932, and immediately pretty much killed by an accident. Probably fell yeah. off a ladder. Yeah. We don't know. Um, now, up until this point, the only other crime in American history this famous had probably been the assassination of Lincoln. Like, this is this is like, yeah. uh, it's big. Uh, and it inspired the creation of the Federal Kidnapping Act in, I think, 1934, which made transferring an unwilling person across state lines a federal crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the Lindbergh kidnapping was sort of the crest of a wave uh, or a crime meme that was then spreading through the culture. Uh, and that wave kicked off with the crimes of Albert Fish, mm. although he would not be caught until 1934. Yeah, that is the other. He went a, yeah. a very long time without, you know, any sort of 
yeah. reprimand for what he'd done. And it's some of that's got to be just the fact that like we didn't know how to be detectives back then, right? And yeah. he's like changed his name, yeah. and he doesn't. He's not glued to this reality yeah. in, in some yeah. way. Because yeah, he's Maybe. not like a super smooth criminal. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Oh no, he's, no, no. He's messy. He's like, <laughs> oh, real messy. Yeah. <laughs> when he abducts Grace Bud, he keeps all of his knives wrapped up in like a kit that he calls mm. his implements of hell. And when he goes to pick her up, he leaves them at like a grocery <laughs> store. He just hands them to the clerk and said, can you hold these? Here's a Joker card. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Here's yeah. all of my knives. <laughs> and this is the 20s. So yeah. the guy's like, of course. Huh? Yeah. I'll take your knives. <laughs> I've got some extra children you can take on a walk if you want. 20s. <laughs> yeah, what a time. So nowadays, when mm-hmm. terrible things happen to the children of people, like the Newton shootings, when like 20 people lost their very young children to mm-hmm. a mass shooter, uh, they immediately start getting harassed horribly online by yes. Alex Jones fans who think it's a false flag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to note that that's not new. Uh, blaming wow. the parents kind of is, uh-huh. but being incredibly shitty to parents who've just lost a child is <sighs> at least as old as the 20s. <laughs> oh, this is a part I was not aware of. Yeah. Lay it on me, Robert. So all of these families, these people we've talked about whose kids get abducted, mm-hmm. all of them get bombarded with crank letters from just hundreds of random oh, people. No. Um, here's one letter the Gaffney family received. My dear friends, I will be fine to boy, my son and waters river cellars. Look out, my God, want back boy. Uh, I might have gotten that exact same message on Twitter just in my DM. I was going to guess Tinder, uh, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You want another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait! Do not appear too anxious. Your son is in safe hands. We fought for him, but I got him now. We will get the beaten boy for Billy to play with, for Billy is lonesome. Do not show this letter to anyone if you know what is good for you. Again, I say that Billy is safe and that we are experimenting on him. Um... Can I say that those, that sounds exactly like when people tell their alien abduction stories, like what the aliens tell them, like almost verbatim. Yeah, like you can wow. tell it's like someone actually hallucinating and their brain just firing words yeah, out yeah, into was... a waking dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, just, it sounds like aphasia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some other asshole sent a letter to this grieving family saying, quote, I didn't mean to kill him, God forgive me, uh, and giving a hand-drawn map of where his corpse was supposedly buried. Oh Police God. found nothing there. Uh, and you again, mean no- the Boy Scout troops found nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were the police back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had neckerchiefs <laughs> instead of guns. It's a lot safer for, yeah. Um, for murderers. Yeah, for murderers. It was a lot safer. Uh, the book Depraved also notes that psychics pledged to aid in the efforts to no effect, obviously, along with mm-hmm. an inventor who arrived with what he called a mechanical bloodhound. Well, um, that is cool. Yeah. That, a little bit. Well, it, it was just a divining rod with a rubber tube attached to it filled with Billy's hair. Uh, I appreciate that. You appreciate I the name. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work either. Uh, the Bud family also received crank letters. Uh, Depraved claims they were receiving dozens every day for a while. Oh, uh, many of them were like this, quote, My dear Mr. and Mrs. Bud, your child is going to a funeral. I still got her. Howard! Uh, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, all caps. Hmm. Uh, and this... 
I have Grace. She is safe and sound. She is happy in her new home and not at all homesick. I will see to it that Grace has proper schooling. She has been given an Angora cat and a pet canary. She calls the canary Bill. I am a keen student of human nature. That's why I was attracted to Grace. She seemed like a girl who would appreciate nice surroundings and a real nice home. I drove with Grace past your house in an automobile several days ago. I saw several persons standing in front of the house and did not stop, as it looked as though they were waiting for me. I will see to it in the near future that some arrangements are made so Grace will be able to visit you for a short time. Wow. Why would you send that? Would, what is, what is, I don't know, I don't I understand don't know. this. I don't know, like, at least one of those has got to be, like, one or two people being like, ah, oh, if I say she's all right, maybe they'll feel better. But then, like. And I don't care. Yeah, and fuck <laughs> it, I don't give a shit. And, and I'm not connected to this in any way. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, I actually think these are worse than the people, the Alex Jones people who are harassing the parents of dead kids on, because at least those people believe there's a crazy conspiracy. Right. You're just fucking with a family for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it really makes me just like what people did for fun back then. Yeah. Just... It was a very boring time. It was a very boring time. And one of the biggest sports in the country right now, the dollop does a great episode of this, was pedestrianism, which is just people mm. walking in circles for weeks. Wow. Like days, hundreds of miles. Yeah. So like there's nothing to do at this point in right. time. Right. Like World War One at least gave some people something for right. a while. Right. Oh, make a victory garden. Yeah, make a victory <laughs> yeah. garden. Go die in the mud. Yeah. yeah. Oh, both better options than life <laughs> in the 20s. Um, so, yeah, the, it, the letters, however, were not all entirely negative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a detective named William King who was basically your stereotypical lantern-jawed, chain-smoking 20s detective. Like, Lovely. picture Dick I Tracy. And you, of, course, <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. He's the guy, if you just saw him walking down the street and you had a problem, you would run to him and be like, this is my chance to be a Fix dang. all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's that kind of detective. Right. So he had gotten on the Bud case right after Grace was abducted and spent six fruitless years trying to track down her killer. Wow. Now, 1934, because this was the year that had the Lindbergh trial in it. Mm-hmm. The kid had been kidnapped in 32, but the trial was in 34. Right. It was a big year for awareness of kidnapping, and Detective King decided to take one more stab at solving it. <gasps> I love that. It's like a setup for a story. Oh, you're giving me a hold up face. <laughs> it's great because he fucking solves this case. Spoiler. Oh, but he it. does it in like the most unethical way. Yes! It's super fun. So... He's like Columbo. Like, whatever. <laughs> His strategy for years had been to randomly call newspapers and lie about the Bud case and just give them bullshit information so they would mm-hmm. write a story based on his lies that, like, said that essentially they were, there was, been a break in the case. Right. And he did this because every time it would happen, there would be a shitload of more letters sent into the police with right. tips and sent to the family. And he felt that it kept the story fresh. So mm-hmm. some people would say it's unethical to just repeatedly lie to newspapers about a little girl's abduction. But King was like... You got to keep people thinking about it somehow. (laughs) So his big, the guy he would do this most often with was a gossip columnist named Walter Winchell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most listeners will recognize him as one of the rapid fire names spat out in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh, He comes right before Joe DiMaggio. Joe oh, I McCarthy, hear it. Richard Nixon's dude, big t- yeah, okay. Uh, so before he was part of a classic song, he was America's most famous gossip columnist. Mm. His column on Broadway was probably the most influential piece of writing every given week in New York City. Wow. Um, so he's a big deal. And some people say women gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy. Walter Winchell probably said that because I'm probably. sure he was he super massage. I mean, yeah. uh, you just got to assume. I mean, it was the 20s, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the woke guys have just gotten down to being okay with women voting at this point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long road. It's, 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 been a, it's been a long road. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Walter Winchell uh, in early November uh, included this line or paragraph in his mm-hmm. column. I checked on the Grace Bud mystery. She was eight when she was kidnapped about six years ago. It is safe to tell you that the Department of Missing Persons will break the case, or they expect to, in four weeks. They are holding a cokey now at Randall's Island, who is mm-hmm. said to know the most about the crime. Uh, Grace is supposed to have been done away with in Lyme, but another legend is that her skeleton is buried in a local spot. More and on. Mm. So, um, that's all lies. Right. Yeah. It's not going to be broke. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it just so happened that Albert Fish was a habitual writer. Um, mm-hmm. which, which, again... I write. Yeah. Robert, walk me away from this cliff. <laughs> this is when you step in and tell me that it's not about the same. You're a much better writer than him. Oh, no, thank you. I don't know what you write in your private time. Yeah. But it. Oh, I have all of my books right here. You don't want to read them. Oh, yeah. They're made out of skin. Blood, blood, blood. Is that blood, a whole blood, piece of paper blood. made of band aids? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so. 11 days after this Walter Winchell column comes up, the Buds receive a letter in the mail. Uh, And one of the only mercies in this entire Mm -hmm. case is that Grace Bud's mother gets the letter and she cannot read. Um, which is the only time in history you're going to be like, oh, thank God for illiteracy. Yeah, oh, thank God that she never yeah, learns to read. That is a mercy in this <laughs> case. Uh, her son read it and immediately goes to the police. And as soon as I start mm-hmm. to read an excerpt from it, you will be aware this is not like the other letters. Right. And it is. this was written by Albert Fish. Um, and again, 11 days after Winchell's column. So it seems like he Detective King's knew. strategy worked. Yeah. Like, he it's like he knew beforehand, you know, the yeah. whole Zodiac thing. They mm-hmm. like attention. They like attention. Mm-hmm. Detective King does not play by the rules, but he gets results. He gets results. He gets results. You hear that, police? Do whatever you want. Oh. Mm-hmm. God, you know he pistol whipped a Cokie. <gasps> oh, you know, that was like a did. weekly thing for Detective yes. King is pistol whipping a Cokie. That's his like one kick. <sighs> yeah. And then he tried to stop it. He just loves pistol whipping. Yeah. And it's... It's more of an art than anything. I agree. Yeah, yeah. A good pistol, a solid pistol yeah. whipping. Yeah. It'll change someone's mind. Yeah. <laughs> It'll do something Whoa. to their mind. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. The full text of the letter is available online. You can find it if you wish. I'm going if to read. You wish, if you wish. If you wish. If you wish. If you do not wish, don't read do, it. Do not. Do I will not. read a part of it, and I have, I'm reading not the worst parts, okay. because Great. we don't need that. But I, I got to read some of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read this letter? I have. Okay, yeah. yeah. (laughs) My dear Miss Bud, in 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from $1 to $3 a pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold to the butchers to be cut up and sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go into any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of the naked body of the boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body, and sold as veal cutlet brought the highest price. John stayed there so long he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, tied them in a closet, then burned everything they had on. Several times a day and night, he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender. 
Uh, he then goes on into detail well, he about gives how, a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make the meat good and tender. Yeah, to make the meat mm-hmm. tender. Yeah, it's not just spanking for right. the sake of spanking. Yes. Albert Fish is not- Please, a, yeah. if there's one, accuse me of many things, but that- <laughs> Not needless spanking. No, no, no. There's going to be a lot more spanking in yeah. this episode. Um, so Albert Fish claims that this guy that he met turned him on to the idea of how good human flesh tasted. Mm-hmm. So he made up his mind to try some of his own, and that's why he abducted Grace Budd in 1928. And he admits in the letter, in pretty graphic detail, that he murdered Grace, cooked, and ate her. Mm-hmm. The letter ends on this line. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I could have had I wished. She died a virgin. Which is, I don't know what your goal is with that line. I, I guess, again, it's one of those things. It's like, well, I did this, mm-hmm. but I did not. Mm-hmm. You know? A lot of, I mean, serial killers kind of do that. They'll admit to, like, a part of it, but then take a hard stance yeah. on another part they're accused of. Everyone wants to feel, like, there's that line in, in The Wire, right, a man's got to have a code. Cross. Everybody's Everybody wants to feel like that, yes, they even if you're f- eating children. Right. Yeah. So for him, like, the goalpost is so far this yeah. way <laughs> that, don't worry, I'm yeah. still in the good. No, I mean, yeah, I murdered her and ate her, yes. and it gave me sexual gratification, right. but I did not fuck her. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I was pleased enough. Every other sort of way. Yeah, every other sort of way. And he, yeah, he goes Mm -hmm. into detail about that. Uh, So the horrible letter wound up being Fish's Undoing, which is, again, one of those rare times where (sighs) justice happens in the universe. That's another reason that I do actually like this story. Because he he gets caught, not only that, he got caught because he just needed to. He just needed to fuck with this family one more time. Mm -hmm. Um. So the way he got caught is he sent letters that were stamped with a logo of the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Hmm. So uh, the cops eventually found a janitor for that very specific group who admitted to having stolen a bunch of paper and envelopes from work and left them in his room when he moved out. The guy who moved into the room after him was Albert Fish. Hmm. Um, Since uh, he had moved out, Fish had moved out by the time they found him, but his son was in the WPA, which is one of those New Deal organizations where you like, that's where we get national parks, was these young men like building shit. So he would send his dad regular checks, and Fish had moved out of the room, but he had one more check coming, and he told his landlord that he would be back for it. So the landlord told the cops, this guy's not here anymore, but he's going to be back in a few days to get his check. Mm -hmm. So the cops waited for him. And yeah, that's how he was caught. Uh, Detective King caught... Albert Fish, he was eventually convicted of murder and sentenced to die via electric chair, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the the story of Albert Fish in Broad. We've got right. a lot more to drill into. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, some more about how Maggie found out that she was related to this guy, and then we're going to go a lot deeper into Albert Fish's Ooh. psyche. Uh, so it's going to be very dark. My skin is crawling. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that's how you should feel on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, capitalism! Ooh. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. We're back. Uh, now, uh, when we, we just now kind of got through talking about the broad strokes of the mm-hmm. story of Albert Fish. Uh, and now I wanted to sort of talk about your personal journey of figuring out you, you're related to this guy. My personal of, journey. Yeah, your own personal oh. fish journey. <laughs> Like a salmon swimming to return to yeah, keep Georgia, going, Robert. Yeah, Ohio. Tell me, tell me about my life. What yeah. was it like? Well, Robert? I know that I know <laughs> that bears are involved, and oh, I know yeah. that you swim upstream, and then we procreate, and then we swim yes. downstream. Yes. Well, I think usually you get eaten by bears. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh, okay. I don't. That's most of what I know about fish, and we right. get redwoods because of fish. Oh, yeah. Well, well you're welcome. Yeah. Well, I, uh, that's my favorite mm-hmm. tree. <laughs> Uh, so how did I find out? Um, the the first time that I uh, heard this, I was five or six um, at my grandpa's cottage, and my uncles were working on our family tree. And I was playing like on the stairs or something, and my dad came down, and I have this as a memory on the stairs, and was like, "Maggie, you're related to someone from a long time ago who was a bad person, and he went to jail." <laughs> And as a kid, I was like, oh, that is so cool. Like, I'm related to, like, a old-timey bad You're guy. You're picturing Bonnie and Clyde yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, an outlaw. Fun. Yeah. 
for years I lived under that delusion that it was just some sort of like nebulous probably rob banks to give it to poor people yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that kind of thing like yeah. supporting you know yeah. his daughter that he loved and yeah. he put her through higher education he had to take that hospital by armed force so that his kid could get the surgery he needed yeah, yeah. and boy I respect him for it <laughs> because you know we don't want to think he followed we're... the law in his heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> Much like the detective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the detective, yeah. I would be really proud to be this guy's relative. Yeah. Which is the only cop I'll say that about. But. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. actually, though. Yeah. Yeah, so for just, and then I just kind of like forgot about it um, until uh, it was actually pretty recently, maybe two years ago, I was listening to my favorite murderer. Oh, a boy. Okay. Very fun podcast, yeah. which. Uh, if you guys listen to this, maybe you also listen to them. They're great. Uh, but they had an episode on Albert Fish. And just from the title, I was like, oh, fish. Oh, I'm related to, oh, oh. no. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. no. So you learned the details about this guy from a podcast. From a oh, podcast. Two lovely women uh, just describing the horrors of what he'd done. <laughs> so I'm putting together in my head a story about what happened with your dad that day in your, your, in your family cottage. And the story in my oh, head is mm-hmm. that... He's with some other member of your family doing mm-hmm. genealogy, and they're like, we're related to somebody famous. And without waiting to hear more, he runs downstairs, <laughs> he runs to me. just His belts dog. down there, yeah. and, and then goes back up, learns the second half of the story, and is oh, like, I'm oh, God, good. what if we just don't say anything else? <laughs> yeah. Let's just let this be a dream in her head. Yeah, let's just, uh, she's young, right? She yeah. will forget this, question mark. What do you think the odds are of like a global information network arising and then right. leading to like a new replacement for radio that spreads even wider and like involves long form stories about, that'll never happen, right? Nah. Never. We'll be fine. No. Let's just not tell her anything oh. else. Oh boy. <laughs> I like knowing my father, that like kind of thing. <laughs> He's a very like jovial man. <laughs> just got so excited. Got so excited. <laughs> so you you learn about Albert Fish from a podcast. Yes, which was very surprising because I f- was into true crime like mm-hmm. a long time before that, uh, and I had just never come across Albert Fish. Maybe because he was so old, I was more, more obscure. Yeah, yeah, he's not like obscure. your Bundy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I had just moved to California, so I was more interested in like ooh, like the Sacramento oh, we've got kill. So many, so many. Oh yeah, it's so rich. So for just some reason, I'd never come across it um until that day and then i read the wikipedia article and then i called my father and he was cooking potato soup uh and i asked him i was like dad so uh is it albert fish that we're related to and very calmly like my father is very calm level-headed he's like oh let me just uh let me just check my email real quick yeah yep yeah it's albert fish uh yeah that's the guy Oh God! So he didn't know, actually. I, I I guess yeah. I think a similar thing. He like kind of knew, or like at least didn't know all of the details, um, or at least like had just forgotten, mm-hmm. and then was like re-excited by like yeah yeah it's Albert Fish yeah. man. <laughs> Killed eight children. <laughs> Killed eight children. Uh, it was called the werewolf yep. of Wisteria. Wisteria. Yeah. The he... gray man, the boogeyman. So, like, I have very mixed feelings about true crime in general because, mm-hmm. like, with the book that I love the most that I read in high school was probably in Cold Blood, which I still think oh, is a yeah. really good. It's I good. mean, it started the genre. It's, mm-hmm. it's, but I also. There's definitely an extent of, and I, I know that my own show, because of our focus, runs the risk of, of crossing this too. territory, too, of just, like, it's important to study these people, 
because mm-hmm. it's always important to study the worst and most dangerous people for the same reason that you like look when you hear a car crash. Right. But there's a line, and I <sighs> many tickle yeah. the line. Yeah. Many tickle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing these like film analysis, there's a lot of that of people like having their cake and eating it too. Yeah. Of like what you want to say, but then what ends up happening. And a lot of true crime can end up glorifying is a strong word, but making a party out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. And this is definitely not a party story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And neither are any of the other stories we have on here. Mm-hmm. I do think, one, like one of the things that I think is the, in terms of like useful lessons that we get from this is mm-hmm. less about how Albert Fish actually acted because right. he was he was just a he was a monster. Right. Um but more about how everyone else, like the fucking crank letters and stuff. Yeah. And like just how people fuck with the families. And that's always been a thing. Right. And that it is still happening. Yeah. And that it's mm-hmm. just evolved with the mediums. Right. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um and I think there's a lesson in there about like sort of human nature, yeah. which is that we're garbage. We <laughs> <Yeah>. are garbage. <laughs> yeah. We're garbage. We'll we're... jump on anything. And also I guess like a lesson from like the mob and like that kind of mentality that like yeah, you know, it's it's okay to have very strong feelings and be afraid. Yeah. Like, I think that is totally okay. Um, I, I am curious as to, like, how did you feel? Like, is there, because this is a story of, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it, mental illness. What was, the th- like, the thought process of accepting that this is a part of your yeah. past, like your family's past? Right. It's weird. It does also seem like a cautionary tale, obviously, for mental yeah. illness and what it can lead to if it is not... Mm-hmm. Addressed, which I kind of blame the rest of the family for. Yeah, probably. Only because right? there are just so many stories of him doing just crazy, crazy shit. Things. It- like yeah. rolling around in rugs and which, yeah, yeah, calling um, himself "I am Christ" while beating his own ass with yeah. a metal paddle. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll, we'll del- delve into that in a minute here. Yeah, uh, which again, you know, in the twenties, what language do you use for yeah a family member who would like eat carpet if you left them alone? Yeah, you know, um, but again, like they didn't do anything to stop or help or and like his son kind of just like kept giving him money. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, in a lot of ways, we didn't have uh, protocols to follow. Uh, people also didn't want to talk about mental illness. So it's rather let's not talk about it and just let our crazy uncle just be. Yeah. Um, which I think is still dangerous if we don't talk about, you know, the mental illnesses that we have. Um, yeah, it's, it's hugely important to talk about mental health in general because mm-hmm. people need that sort of vocabulary and need yeah. to – I do think – and this will make a little like – once we get a little bit further, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk about this more. But I do think this is a case of a guy who very likely – it's possible that he'd been killing people for decades. Mm-hmm. It's also possible these are his only three killings. And if he, in his 40s or 50s even, could have been potentially stopped from hurting anybody. Right. That was a, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard – It's like we can't know for sure, but that is a possible avenue here. That yeah. If, his family members, who clearly loved him, had like Clear, been like, yeah. "What the hell, man?" Yeah, been like, <laughs> like let, let's instead of just not talking about yeah. this, let's uh, talk oh, about let's talk it. about this. Let's talk about Kevin, but with <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy deranged. It's always like everybody knows. Like you and I are both uh, white people, mm-hmm. so like there's this assumption, and with everybody, it's true that like someone who you're related to far enough along the line did something terrible, something whether terrible. it was slavery or something else. That's yeah. just the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something different when it's someone who is recent enough that, like, no, we have a specific name. We know this guy is in our line. Here's where right. he is, and here's what he did. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I had a weird moment because Pretty Boy Floyd was like my family's always talking about has always talked about that. My grandma, yeah. who was otherwise a very conservative lady, was super proud. She would always tell us, you know, you got outlaw blood in you. <gasps> she was proud too. Uh, she just was like super me. proud. And I read <laughs> about it. He's like, this guy was robbing banks and murdering <laughs> cops. Like the yeah. the Woody Guthrie song is about he's riding into town with his wife. And a cop curses in front of him, and so he just beats the man to death with a lock chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fun song. It's interesting the way like families talk about these mm-hmm. kind of people, and then when you actually dig into their lives, and you're like, oh man, this guy yeah. was not a good person. Not a good person. <laughs> there is definitely kind of like a little bit of hangover guilt, but yeah. really, I you no, know, I mean, there's nothing you can yeah. really do. No, and you're like you're just sending it of his brother. Like, yeah, yeah, who didn't do anything sure. that I'm aware of. Right, and it's like, yeah. well, if they're gonna hide Albert Fish, then like, I won't. Mm-hmm. I'm related to him. <laughs> no, and there's some fucking Hitler people around here with lines to yeah. Hitler, and like, they didn't do anything wrong. Right, like, his nephew yeah. just ran over here during the war because oh, he was. Yeah, he had a nephew who like joined the navy and stuff. Oh, yeah, it was just like felt real bad about having yeah. Hitler as an uncle. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> yeah. really sorry. No, you're not responsible for your family's well. crimes. Yeah. But you can inherit their wealth. Hell yeah. You got a great system going here. Blood money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in addition to reading Deranged, which is a legitimately good book, uh, I also watched this documentary, Albert Fish, when I was prepping for this. Uh, it's directed by a guy named John Borowski, and it is one of the worst documentaries I've ever seen. Good job, John Borowski. Um, it is very ugly, uh, mm-hmm. very little creativity involved. Uh, creepy voice acting, but bland recreations of aspects of the crimes. Right. But then- then, Maggie, Woo-hoo. 15 minutes into this execrable documentary, <laughs> we meet John Coleman. John Coleman is an artist who collects serial killer memorabilia and dresses exactly like you'd expect based on that description. <laughs> uh, extremely ornate waistcoats. I'm going to have you describe that him is, in a minute. I kid you not, that is what <laughs> oh, I picture. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Whoa. He has Albert Fish's original letter framed in his house, and I'm just going to put him on. We're going to play him for a couple of seconds. I'm going to have you describe him, and then we're going to play the rest of his story about how he came to own that letter. Wow. Okay? This is... Um, what I've always said is the Magna Carta of crime artifacts. This is the Albert Fish letter. It's the most. You wanna, you wanna get a, get, take a shot at describing John Coleman? I describe his face or my face watching his face. <laughs> I will describe your face watching his face. Oh, because you you look like you just saw a dog like start to tap dance like that, like slack jawed, but but not in a positive way. He looks like he's licked that letter <laughs> like several <laughs> times, like before he framed it, he tried to get as close to that ink as possible. Yeah. Yeah, he has definitely stroked that letter while tweaking mm-hmm. his own nipple. Like, yeah, 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 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. One, and 100 times, yeah. uh, for sure. Whoa. Yeah, and he's super ornate waistcoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah super ornate waistcoat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's him describing how he came to have Albert mm-hmm. Fish's original creepy murder letter. Tragic and painful document to... Um, a monster that's that's ever in print, and I have it, so I'm honored to have it. As I've always felt that the objects themselves um, have desires of their own, and they come here for for their own reasons. 
did he make? Did he draw that? Art? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. He drew that picture of oh. Albert Fish when I and do, like, a severed head of a little girl. About, um, the horrors of the world. It's not about trying to. Um, oh my God! It's the same the act that Jordan better. Peterson no, used. Yeah. Is. What my paintings are about. But yeah, like the, the the creepy paintings that he he makes that like the the painting listeners is a painting mm -hmm. of Albert Fish very de almost looks like a, a Mad tattoo? Magazine illustration yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. very like mm -hmm. grimy and it almost looks like an R Crumb drawing yeah <laughs> uh, and so it, it, it's a it, but it's the picture of Albert Fish and he's holding the severed head of Little Grace mm -hmm. and it's terrifyingly creepy. The way he says the word monster, it's with awe. Yeah. It's not with judgment. Yeah, this is not a guy who is like, I, I don't sense respect for like the gravity of the crimes right. here. He's a creepy dude. I should email him and be like, dude, um, that is my relative. That's, I would like I'm, that letter. I think it wants to be with me. I think, it, I think that object wants to travel to me. So the creepy house that he's in, he calls it the auditorium. I'm gonna one guess as to how he spells auditorium. The the way. Yeah. That way. Yeah, yeah. The way that, that a guy a wearing a creepy wig. dick yes. would would spell it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and here's how he describes the auditorium in his website. Quote, Joel Coleman is a collector. He collects fascinating friends. He collects artifacts related to infamous historical events. He collects sideshow and serial killer ephemera. He collects religious artifacts that call to his obsessions with violence, with twinning, and with power. Like his art, his collection is filled with reliquaries containing the twinned power of both the sacred and profane. Welcome to the auditorium. Wow. So yeah, that's Joel Coleman. Wow. Twinning. There has definitely been like secret societies that just have their meetings there. <laughs> yeah, but not the good ones. Oh no no no! no. The, the ones that it's like, oh, you guys are. You guys, uh, this is you. This is where the oh, Masons are at these days, uh -huh. huh? Oof. Oh, I think I'm just gonna go grab a beer. Yeah. Over just anywhere. On the street. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe join the Mormon church. I'll just walk around <laughs> for weeks on end because I'd rather do that yeah. than yeah. Done this anything. Meeting. Sound better than <laughs> sitting around here with you people. Uh -huh. um, now Joe's a painter, uh, mm -hmm. as we already got into and he believes he was put on this earth to express the pain of the world through for example elaborate face paintings with the uh, separate heads of small children oh. um now he believes the objects he collects want to be his and uh, mm -hmm. we're gonna play the excerpt now that actually does explain how he wound up owning that letter because uh, spoiler alert he, uh, he kind of stole it from the government oh yeah right. yeah <laughs> life i was trying to get like the police records and, and this stuff and I go into Westchester. I'm trying to get a, a Xerox copy of the letter, the infamous letter that he, that Albert Fish wrote to <laughs> the mother of Grace Budd. And that's all I want. I just want a Xerox copy of the letter for my research. And as fate would have it, um, the secretary there takes the letter, Xeroxes it, um, goes over to me and gives me the actual letter. I looked at it. He came as soon as that happened. Oh, oh my she God. She then walked away with the Xerox copy, put it in a file, and put it in the cabinet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> then I knew that Fisher wanted me to have it. He didn't want anything. <laughs> Fish doesn't want anything. He didn't, and he doesn't. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I know has happened in that guy's life on mm. a weekly basis. Ooh. Is he has opened a door for a woman with a very 
exceptional flourish, mm-hmm. and then said, after you, m'lady. Oh, yes, and then kissed her hand. Oh, my God. <gasps> so many times. So many hand So kissing. many times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so many, like, complaints from coworkers for the hand kissing yeah. after he's been asked to stop. He's that guy. Yeah. He's a thousand percent that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like Joe Coleman. <laughs> um, we're going to play one more segment uh, from later in the documentary uh, where Joe Coleman tries to explain why Albert Fish did not uh, sexually assault uh, Oh, this Grace. would be a great to hear him explain he, that. That would be great. I could see it on your face. You were waiting for him to weigh in on why Albert Fish didn't I rape was, a child. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fish embodies this kind of um, pathology. That there is something saintly and beautiful about suffering, but there's something ugly and repugnant about sex. Because he saved little Grace Bud from this terrible crime. You know, he kept saying, I did not defile her. She died a virgin. And I know from my Catholic upbringing. Oh, he was Catholic. This is a certain truth that he's saying that. any Catholic is going to know. Albert Fish, by mutilating and cutting this little girl up in pieces and doing this horrible thing to her, he's made her into this martyr. You know, he's made her into this um, creature that's going um, right to uh, Actually, heaven. defiling a body is against, well, the Catholic Church. So I'm pretty sure, cut, yeah. So yeah. cutting it up, yeah. actually, uh, not that he cares about um, yeah. <laughs> any of this. No. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's definitely true. We're going to get into this a little bit that Fish's peculiar personal brand of Christianity mm-hmm. super had an impact on his crimes. Yes, but I think what Joe was saying there is full of shit because oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any Catholic knows that there's a way in which she became a martyr. What are you talking about? What? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so Albert Fish had a fa- history known to his family of very mm-hmm. creepy religious behavior. Mm-hmm. In 1934, his son Albert Jr. was living with him in a small apartment. One day he came upon his father, bare-ass naked, in the middle of the living room, holding his erect penis and paddling himself on the ass with a nail-filled paddle. His ass was red and bloody, and he was drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. This made Albert Jr. recall an incident in 1922 when he was playing football with his two brothers. Uh, here's how Depraved describes it. Albert had just bent down to catch a low kick. Albert, the Mm -hmm. the younger, not the murderer. Uh, And as he straightened up to boot the ball back to Henry, he caught sight of his father standing in the apple orchard on the little hill behind the bungalow. The old man had his right hand raised high in the air and was shouting something over and over. Albert had strained to listen. The old man was shouting, I am Christ. Which is like his catchphrase. (sighs) Yeah. He would shout, I am Christ, a lot, particularly Mm -hmm. while beating himself. Yeah. Uh, He also had a habit of lighting his own ass on fire. Yeah. He was a well, huge fan of lighting huge. his own ass on fire. Well, you know, once you hit it with nails, that's like a sharp pain. Yeah. You're like, ooh, what's a dull overall pain? What's a, yeah. What's a, what, what, can I, what else can I do, do my fire. ass? Yeah. yeah. Burn it. Mm-hmm. Burn it. Um, so another time, Albert Jr. found several of his dad's homemade nail-studded bloody and rusted paddles. Uh, he mm-hmm. asked his father for an explanation, which is the start of the conversation the that start. you should be having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Albert Fish, uh, his dad, explained, quote, I use them on myself. I get these feelings that come over me, and every time they do, I have to torture myself with those paddles. Period. Yeah. Should have been yes. a longer conversation. Duh, son. Yeah. Duh. Duh. It should have been longer. <laughs> I'm punishing myself with paddles. <laughs> Duh. Because I'm Christ. Because yeah, I'm Christ. <laughs> um, 
So Albert Fish had a very, very long, very, very long history of writing mm. insane and unbelievably creepy letters to random women. Uh, he would yep. find them in newspapers, through matrimonial agencies, classified mm -hmm. ads. Uh, a lot of times there were women letting out rooms who were like landladies, and he would just like start. He would, yeah. He would start? He he, at, he would start? <laughs> he, he, he would just send them these crazy letters. Yeah. At, and, and they would, some of them would start kind of reasonable, and then would descend to him asking for paddlings mm -hmm. well, usually they're paddling focused one way or the other yeah yeah uh he would pretend to be a hollywood agent in some cases uh oh, oh we're yeah. teetering towards that cliff again and okay <laughs> here's a quote from one letter he sent to a woman while he was pretending oh. to be mr hollywood uh-huh I wish you could see me now. I am sitting in a chair naked. The pain is across my back, just over my behind. When you strip me naked, you will see a most perfect form. Yours, yours, sweet honey of my heart. I can taste your sweet piss, your sweet shit. You must pee-pee in a glass, and I shall drink every drop of it as you watch me. Tell me when you want to number two. I will take you over my knees, pull up your clothes, take down your drawers, and hold my mouth to your sweet honey fat ass and eat your sweet peanut butter mm -hmm. as it comes out fresh and hot. This is how they do it in Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> part of me is like, maybe he got might... some kicks off that way. I'm, with I'm, some he was other... definitely getting kicks off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you think, yeah, it probably did work with some people. Like, statistically, you send a lot of letters out. So there are a ton of his creepy letters that you mm -hmm. can read if you want to read Depraved, or you can just look them up online. Uh, we're not going to read every piece of correspondence he yeah. sent. Uh, I do want to go over a little bit more of it, though. A number of women came forward after he was arrested when he mm -hmm. was like in court, and his letter was made public. And these were people who had been freaked out by his letters before, and in mm -hmm. some cases had kept them and hadn't known what to do. Because right. like, like nowadays, if you're a woman because of the internet, men are going to send you terrifying things. Right. That's just yeah. what happens. But back then, some lady would just receive a letter that's like in the 16 mail? pages in the mail yeah. of a guy talking about wanting his ass paddled or wanting you to poop on him. And you just, you just didn't have any, right. what do you do? What do you, like, and you don't tell your girlfriends because no. you don't know if they, like, uh, Is this normal? Yeah. <laughs> what? Is this part of being a person? Yeah. Do they really do it in Hollywood that way? <laughs> I just imagine like looking out at mailboxes and just thinking, is everyone getting letters like <laughs> yeah, this? What? Is this just life? Why is no one talking about yeah. this? Um, so he sent the other kind of families of letters that he mm -hmm. would have is he would he would message women, generally landladies, telling them that he had an adult son who was mentally ill and mm -hmm. needed to be spanked regularly right and uh, sometimes he would send them like a dozen letters like very long conversations where right. they would agree like oh, okay i can spank him if he's bad and then he'd like go on to specify like, no it needs to be done th like right I'll, I'll read you how i like it yeah, this is how i like this. it the doctor says three or four good spankings a day on his bare behind will do him good as he is nice and fat in that spot it will be an aid to him when he don't mind you then you must strip him down and use the cat o' nine tails say you won't hesitate to use the paddle or cat o' nine tails on him when he needs it now that's one paragraph there are pages of him detailing yes. how to spank his yeah. fake son he was very concerned about yeah, his, making sure it was the right way yeah his fake son might not get spanked the right way yeah yeah, and he's like clearly doing this to get off, which is creepy and not mm. okay. But this is what I, th I I suspect this is most of what he did up until he committed those murders. And yeah, like, it like, feels like this was him. You know, the escalation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starting with letters, doing that. Um, always the fascination with mm -hmm. the butts, though. That's 
Fat butts. Fat butts. Fat butts. You know, in a different timeline with like right medication, he would have just liked uh, fat bottom girls rule the world. Well, yeah, exactly. Different person, you know. Freddie Mercury could have saved him and all of those people. He could. Freddie Mercury could have done anything. (laughs) (laughs) I love Freddie Mercury. (laughs) This is yet another case where if we had a time machine, you get Freddie Mercury and you just Mm -hmm. travel around time. You'd fix yeah. a couple things here You'd and there. You'd fix a couple things here and there. Uh, so in 1930, though, Albert Fish sent his insane, creepy letters to the wrong damn woman. Uh, a housekeeper named E. Solarid, uh, she sent the letter to the police, and since he had included a return address because he of was course. hoping to keep up this con. Of course. Con- yeah. They were able to find and arrest him because mm. it's not legal to send horrifying yeah. letters like that to strangers. Wow, even back then. Yeah, huh. even back then. He was sent to Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital to be diagnosed, and he spent a few weeks there. Uh, he was found to be sexually psychotic, which mm-hmm. yeah, seems fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there seemed to be a crosswire yeah, <laughs> yeah. between yeah. sex and pain. <laughs> but they also, though, found that he was quiet and cooperative. Uh, they said he conducted himself in an orderly and normal manner, and his bad behavior was mostly chalked up to the fact that he was old and probably senile. Uh, so he was released mm-hmm. after too long. Uh, now, in 1931, he was uh, arrested again for sending obscene letters to a woman who owned a boarding school in the area. Mm. This time, the police searched his home and found his homemade cat of nine tails, as well as a frankfurter and a carrot. Uh, oh. Both really gross looking. Gee, uh, wonder yeah. where those were, have been. Well, the cops asked him <laughs> why he had these in his dresser, uh-huh. and Fish replied, I stick them up my ass. Oh, so, okay, yeah. yeah, mystery, yeah. mystery solved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to his credit, he was honest because yeah. he was crazy he was, and yeah. doesn't yeah. realize. Was not hiding it. No. Yeah. Uh, so during the trial, you know, when he was finally caught and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it was revealed that Fish's original plan had been to abduct a teenage boy rather than Grace. Uh, he had planned to tie up mm-hmm. Edward, mm-hmm. slice off his penis, and then skip town <laughs> while the boy bled to death. Right. Uh, but, because yeah. he didn't want to kill him. He just wanted the penis. And Well, he wanted to kill him, but he wanted it to take a long time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Grace was a consolation murder mm-hmm. victim. Uh, and he usually, he would sometimes refer to Grace as a him, just because I guess it, that's he what he wanted it that way. Yeah, he wanted it that way. Yes. Um, so in interviews with police, Albert Fish reported a general sort of bemusement and confuddlement over why he had killed Grace, saying, first, you know, I never could account for it. Um, he would later claim that his brother had served in the Navy in China because he claimed it before it was yeah, a friend it was of his. A friend. Later, he said it was his brother. I don't think either. Yeah, I don't think either was. I, the rest of the family was kind of just like doing normal things, yeah. which is so. And it, all his kids turned out yeah. really normal. Yeah, and they seem in the story, they seem pretty normal. Yeah. Like they have yeah. a, a range of different reactions to right. this. Um, because his daughters are kind of in his court and say he was always a good dad, like he's a yeah. normal guy. Yeah, all the kids were like, he yeah. was a good dad. He was, yeah, and he's he's he never even hit his kids, never. which is weird for that period of weird. time. Because everybody hit kids back yeah. in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but not Albert Fish. He would just hit himself. Yeah, again, the goalposts um, And the kids that are... he murdered. Yeah, the goalposts are The goalposts are yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Um, so uh, he would later tell Detective King that he traced his problems back to the fact that when he was five years old, he was placed in an orphanage by his mother. His dad was 75 when he was born, and his dad had died when he was very mm-hmm. young. And as soon as that happened, his mom put him in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said I, he saw a lot of things a child of seven should not see. Um, I yeah. Not to say that there's not truth to. I'm sure some. Either it was he's always like had you know this mental problem or. 
Yeah. Oh. There's usually an inciting incident. Yeah. He says they were yeah. whipped in the orphanage, which definitely happened right. in orphanages back then. So mm-hmm. maybe that's where it started. You yeah. Know? And, um, then, and if you're, you know, developing sexually and something's a little doo-doo. Yeah, yeah. And you're getting hit on, on the, the butt. butt. All the time. That's your thing. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're amazing machines. Um, we're amazing. We're so great. We should be trusted with so much. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it great we have missiles? Oh, that was yeah. a real solid development yeah. for species with our sorts of uh, impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so further investigation determined that Fish's legal troubles had actually started back in 1903 when he'd spent 16 months in prison on grand larceny. Hmm. He'd been arrested six times just since Grace Bud's abduction. Uh, Sometimes for sending horrible letters to people, sometimes Mm -hmm. for vagrancy or for passing bad checks. Uh, In court, he was no clearer on why he'd killed Grace, saying, quote, the temptation just came over me. That's all I can say. I can't account for it. I don't understand it. But he was always emphatic that he had not had sex with her, saying, no, sir, no, sir, no sex at all. I did not outrage her. Which I think murdering someone outrages them probably. Yeah, I guess. And also, I think he was probably gay, so that's that's probably yeah. a huge reason why he didn't with Grace. <laughs> yeah, and he does seem to be the um, who we'll talk about in a minute here. Mm-hmm. The psychiatrist who diagnosed him did come to the conclusion that he was homosexual. Yeah, um, but he was. A lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would not, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's almost like why I even mention it because. His sexuality is like a Pollock painting. Yes. Like it is, it is a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the media was as gross as you would expect from everything we've talked about in the story mm-hmm. when they covered the trial. Uh, Depraved, the book, notes that a single article in the mirror called Fish, The Ogre of Murder Lodge, The Vampire Man, An Orgiastic Fiend, and The Werewolf of Wisteria, uh, all in the same article. Wow, the same. That's two. Pick one. That prose is so purple, it's red. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Here's a quote from that article. Out of the slime of the sadistic butchery of Grace Bud by the benign-looking Albert Howard Fish, there emerged last night the hint of an even greater horror, a horror of multiple killings, revealing a new type of Jack the Ripper in the guise of a kindly old gentleman. Wow. Yeah. That's weird that they describe him as kind and, like, normal-looking. Mm-hmm. Because he wasn't. Because he looks creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, and it's it's clear like at the time when you talk about his first crimes, people noticed him. Yeah, like they were like there was was a creepy ass looking gray dude walking around. (laughs) That must be who abducted the child. And they were not wrong. No, no, he was the guy. Like yeah. Uh, he looks like the guy that if you like see him walking mm-hmm. around a playground, you're like, I'm just gonna call the cops. Like this, I, this, know. I feel like there I should know. just be some armed men around. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I like, I hate doing that because yeah. there are plenty of wonderful people who do look creepy and yeah. vice versa. But he is one that you look at and it's like, oh no, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Uh, no, yeah, and in fact, go to our website to look at those pictures. Um, yeah, Fish's case was confusing, as that last quote, to people of the time, because mm-hmm. uh, he, aside from his criminal record, he didn't fit society's profile of a sex murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a descendant of American aristocracy, which I guess you are too? Yes, Some famous yeah. um, revolutionary dude, right? Yeah, famous revolutionary dude, and he was also related uh, to, I guess he was like a in the treasury in D.C., um, mm. Hamilton Fish. Oh, uh, yeah, that which, sounds like a treasury name. Yes, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There's a lot of official checks with his like yeah. ostentatious signature on it. Um, and Hamilton Fish actually uh, deleted some historical records that connects them. As, ah. Yes, which we ran into uh, that big gap while doing our family trees. Like, gee, 
why did he? Sure seems like a yeah. well-connected dude tried to... <laughs> tried to cover up he was related to this man. That's amazing. The same last name. Oh, man. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So who's worse? No, <laughs> Albert Fish was. It came out during all this that uh, his wife had abandoned him. Uh, yeah. When... The kids were very young and mm-hmm. left the kids with him. Um, and again, as we said, he'd been a decent dad. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame when you, because the wife's gave testimony at the trial and were just talked about the same things the kids had seen. Right. They'd seen, but they were not okay with it. They were fucking terrified of him. Right. And they left, which, fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Especially in a time when no one has a vocabulary to discuss again, something yeah, like this. Again. Yeah. Not cool to leave the kids with him. I know. <laughs> like that, that's a questionable move. I, I don't agree with yeah. that choice. Which is made weirder by the fact that he was apparently fine as a dad. Yeah. But like... So, and, but there's no way that woman could have known no, that. No, no. They just ran. Yeah. yeah. And I guess some of it's probably that I imagine at that time, if you went to court for custody of the kids, it was probably easier for the man to win back then. Probably. I, I don't know probably. enough about how the laws were, but. Also, maybe she was a little homophobic and saw some things like that she didn't like, so it was just like, you know. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it was oddly woke and that they just thought he was gay and were like, well, gay people can raise kids just fine. Right, I right, just don't I'll just be get here. out. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? But he was clearly very angry at his wife for leaving. Mm-hmm. And he, in fact, stated a number of times, yeah, uh, he wrote a letter to uh, his daughter Gertrude and said, all I hope for, all I want to live for is to be able to go in court that I may tell what a bitch of a mother you all had, the kind of wife I had. <laughs> wow. And you he, know what? He, I bet he got it. Like, I bet he got to say. He sure did. <laughs> oh. He wrote a letter to his daughter Annie and uh. said, tell old Pegleg, your <gasps> bitch of a mother, that ah! the day I go into court and take a stand will be a sorry one for her. It's weird. The the only time he sounds like a normal guy is yeah. when he's being really angry at his ex-wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he reaches clarity yeah. because it's, I'm sure it's like a clear, like solid thing on this earth that he can be mad at, yeah. and then like everything else will just spiral into fantasy. Yeah, land. but he's got this like anger yes. point of being pissed at his wife. Mm-hmm. So there are also a bunch of stories from his kids who had all just sort of chalked up his weirdness to dad being weird. Uh, In court, Fish expressed deep concern for his children uh, Mm -hmm. and at one point asked a reporter to send them Christmas baskets. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He claimed he regretted the murder of Grace Budd as soon as he committed it. Um, Depending on the day of the trial, he Mm -hmm. would veer from asserting he was ready to die for his crimes to trying to get a lesser sentence. Mm. So it was not totally uh, consistent. Yeah. Fish was a very religious guy. He had a lot of the Bible memorized, and his favorite Bible passage was Isaiah 36, 12. Mm. Um, I'm going to read it, and you try to figure (laughs) out why he might have liked it. Huh. But Rab Shacketh, and apologies to listeners named Rab Shacketh if I pronounce that wrong. Mm. Uh, and, but Rab Shacketh said, Hath not my master sent me to thy master and to thee to speak these words? Hath he not sent me to the men that sit upon the wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? Oh. Do you think it's that he's a big fan of Rab Shacketh? Yeah. Yeah, that's why he yeah. liked that quote. Uh, when he was in jail one Sunday during a mass for prisoners, uh, a guard heard grunting coming from his cell Uh-oh. Uh, and walked over to look. He saw Fish with his pants down and just enormous erection, stroking mm-hmm. his, you know, to the Thing. sounds yeah. of the Lord's Prayer. 
Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so oh. he loved God. He was really he into God. He loved God. Super Whoa. into God. Um, Frederick Wortham, a distinguished psychiatrist who comics fans will know and hate for originating the comics code. Oh. Um, that guy was mm-hmm. the guy who assessed Albert Fish's mental state for the court mm. and just tried to decide whether or not he was too crazy to be convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote, quote, there was no known perversion that he did not practice and practice frequently. Which, wow. yeah. In a way, uh, an accomplishment? Yeah, normally that's a positive yeah. thing when you haven't murdered people. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Wortham linked all of Fish's weirdness back to a desire for pain, uh, mm. and Fish did tell him that, quote, I always seem to enjoy everything that hurt, the desire to inflict pain, that is all that is uppermost. Mm. To Wortham, Fish explained mm-hmm. uh, the details of what he'd done to Grace Bud. He claimed that he'd first tried to drink her blood, but had not been able to handle it. Instead, he'd cut off four pounds of flesh from her buttocks, breast, belly, and ears and nose. Uh, ears seem odd. Not I a lot of... I think he just wanted them. Yeah. Yeah. That seems yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he wrapped them up in newspaper and took them back to his homes. Uh, this oh. excited him so much that he ejaculated while riding the train back home before he uh, even got home. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, once he was back, he used Grace's flesh to make a stew with carrots, onions, and strips of bacon. Uh, he said he'd eaten the stew for nine days. Oh, no. S- is that our family recipe? No. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> My father was making soup when I called. <laughs> I know. And the, he talks when he talks about eating the boy, he talks about the potatoes that he used. In the, no, like, not he potatoes. makes like a bisque, yeah. Oh, we do have a really good potato soup family recipe. I kind of want it. It's There's spam in it. It's spam. Oh, no. Oh, That's no. That's the closest meat I to people. Know. We all know that. I mean, taste buds, it's inherited oh. to an extent. You want to come over for dinner? <laughs> kind of, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that burning human flesh smells almost exactly like cooking bacon. Okay. Yeah. I would absolutely buy that. So, yeah, uh, he ate her for nine days and mm-hmm. uh, pleasure himself and stuff. Like, yeah, we, we all know where this yeah, is going. Yeah, yeah, We're all adults. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. Okay, uh, so it was also in prison where Wortham and Detective King discovered Albert Fish's other favorite hobby. Oh. He loved shoving needles inside himself. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, usually pushing them into his taint or somewhere mm-hmm. else around his pelvis. Mm-hmm. The doctors actually gave him an x-ray because he had chronic pain. Uh, and he came back just filled with needles. <laughs> like, they found 29 needles inside of him. There's the x-ray. If you, oh, have you I seen see it? There? I yeah. think I have, but I love it so much because... <laughs> He's just full of needles. He's just full of needles. They're just everywhere. an industrious fellow. you wow. got to give him that. There's one right there like in the lower butt cheek, just yeah. kind of dangling. Yeah. Because a lot of times... He would try to get him out, but a lot of times he just got him in too deep. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Yeah, that old Ian Malcolm quote from Jurassic Park. You didn't stop to think of if you should. Oh, (laughs) yeah. No, I bet he did. (laughs) He decided yes. He decided yes. This was a reasoned decision (laughs) from Albert Fish. Uh, They also found that Fish liked to soak cotton in alcohol, shove it up his ass, and light Mm -hmm. his ass on fire. Yeah. Um, He claimed to have tortured many children the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did claim there were many children, a mm-hmm. life full of victims. Uh, Wortham said, quote, he started his sexual career, to, so to say, at the age of 17, at the time he became a painter. Now, that profession mm-hmm. of painter this man has used as a convenience. He worked in many different institutions. He worked in YMCAs. He worked in homes for the tubercular. He worked in any kind of home where there were oh, children, wow. where they thought he could get children. In all these places, he made his headquarters the basement or the cellar, and he had a habit of wearing painter's overalls over his nude body because <gasps> he, could, he could get naked. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So either it's true... And and this guy right. killed a shitload of people, or he's lying. And I think yeah. it's totally credible 
because he, he it definitely was important to him to be a good father. I think it's right. totally possible he spent all of his time working and doing masturbating in weird ways and mm-hmm. sending letters to people. And it was when he was no longer working and his kids were supporting him that he really got the time yeah. to actually commit to, horrible crimes. Right, to enact his yeah. fantasies. Yeah, We'll never know. Mm-hmm. That's my read on it. Yeah, that, and that he was getting off on talking to the psychiatrist about or, stuff. Yeah, I think that was also part yeah. of it. Because he told him lurid stories about seducing kids into basements with bribes of candy and money, uh, and then mm-hmm. doing terrible things to them. Uh, he did claim that most of his victims were colored uh, because the authorities didn't care if black kids went missing. Damn, which they knew that, back then. That, that, that they... part's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't uh, know if he actually did that, but I'm going to bet it was I easier mean, to get away with. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and is still today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll never know how many of these victims are real or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wortham did uncover more re- religious influences. He found out that Fish was obsessed with the story of Abraham and Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, which he claims convinced him he needed to sacrifice a child. Uh, and yeah. He figured that if God didn't want the boy to die, he'd send an angel down to stop Fish. Oh. Yeah. So God's the real yeah. bad guy yeah, in this story. Yeah, God, all right. Come on, God. Don't write a book like that and just leave <laughs> us to interpret it. Yeah. We'll do things like this. Send some angels down. Yeah. Like, we're not, you know, you Whoa. made us. You know we're not smart enough to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah. We're sticking needles in our asses. Yeah. Like, come on. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. Um, in the end, uh, Wortham concluded that Fish was, in fact, Far too mentally ill for the state to execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, in my opinion, a man not only incurable and unreformable, but also unpunishable, which is probably accurate. Probably, yeah. I don't think there's anything point, anyone yeah. could have done to be like, do you realize what you've done? I mean, yeah. at that point, you, who are you, you talking yeah. to? Yeah. Uh, and the court didn't disagree with this guy. Nobody, mm-hmm. None of the jurors thought that Fish was not criminally insane, yeah. but they all wanted him killed anyway just because they thought he needed to die. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't really disagree with that either. No. Quality of life, yeah. if that is a factor, he's not leading. He's no. hurting himself. Yeah, he's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was taken to the electric chair. Mm-hmm. He was killed on January 16th, 1936. Mm-hmm. He left behind a final statement to his lawyer, Jack mm. Dempsey, who stated, quote, I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities that I have ever read. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> One last. Out with a bang. <laughs> One last creepy letter. <laughs> One last to my dear lawyer. Yeah. So that's all I've got on Albert Fish. Um, is there anything else that you brought to the table that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, I, I Really, you covered a good amount of it. I think, yeah, just the kind of the rest of the family and Hamilton Fish, like not yeah. only trying to not talk about it, but like erase records yeah. of being. <laughs> I want to destroy the evidence. Yeah, yeah. destroy the evidence. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it kind of speaks to the, I guess, shame of it all, which, again, is tied into mental health, which is tied into, like, sexuality and just. Yeah. I'm glad that we have uh, at least a couple more nets to catch 
things like this before. And now in a society where maybe a guy who grows up like Albert Fish and wanting to have his ass paddled Mm -hmm. bloody and wanting to paddle other people and be lit on fire, now that guy can just go to a dungeon. Go to a dungeon. And light his own ass, have his ass lit on fire, light other people's asses on fire, and Mm -hmm. there can be consent, and it's all fine. Right, and And he doesn't have to, and not to say that he didn't choose to also. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not a monster because he shoved needles up his ass. That's right, a respectable that's... way to pass the time. <laughs> like you want to, you do whatever you want to your own ass. Right. This is America. Yeah, just don't eat children. Yeah, yeah. Maybe eat adults. Maybe if maybe they... the rich. Maybe the maybe rich. Maybe eat the rich. Maybe eat the rich. Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. Doritos. Yeah. The only thing tastier than the flesh <laughs> of the rich. <laughs> The only thing? Yeah. 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 That's the only thing holding society together right now is that Doritos are tastier than that. And 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 if they ever dip in quality, which they never will. Which they never will. Doritos are amazing. But if they ever did, society would collapse because we would start eating the rich. We would. We would. We would go right for the bangers. Really? We just owe a lot to Doritos, don't we? We do. Mm -hmm. We do. And that's a positive note to end this horrible, horrible episode about a terrible criminal on. Uh, Maggie, Mm -hmm. you want to plug your pluggables yes uh yeah you can find me maggie may fish that's uh may m-a-e also named after my great-great-grandmother who is in the same line as oh, good. Fish. yeah oh. i bet yeah. she was really horrified when all this came out oh i don't know if she ever knew <laughs> and thank god i'm just imagining f- members of your family like picking up the news over in michigan and like reading about the trial and going oh oh Gonna throw this newspaper in the trash. (laughs) Don't let the kids see this. (laughs) Call our cousin in D.C. I think we need to have some files burned. (laughs) Hamilton will know what to do. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so find me on Twitter. Um, I have a podcast about friendship called My Top 8 with the Small Beans Network. Um, And you can catch my videos at Breakdown uh, Film and Society on my YouTube channel. They're fantastic videos. Check them out. Check out Maggie's work. She's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Um, I'm Robert Evans, and next week, next Tuesday, we'll be back, as we are every week, with another story about someone terrible. Mm. Uh, So please tune in for that. It will probably be a dictator rather than a mass murderer. But, uh, (laughs) you know. One and the same. Yeah, one and the same. Not as different as you might expect. Mm. Uh, Yeah, you can find this podcast on Twitter at at BastardsPod, Instagram too. You can find us on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com. Have a cool ranch day, and I love, yeah, about 40% of you. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.